0: that's that intuitive nudge that keeps coming up. And I like to say that when we're called to do something, we're meant to answer that call because we wouldn't receive a call if we weren't meant to do it.
1: I am Shante Jovan Taylor, and you are having Coffee with the Neuroscientist. Welcome to the next episode of Coffee with a Neuroscientist. I am Shante Jovan Taylor, neuroscientist and success strategist, founder of the OptiMind Institute. And with me today, we have V. Jen Schultz, the founder and leader of the 9 to 5. And Jen is a master coach who is highly intuitive, and she's a highly intuitive educator, as well as a workshop facilitator and keynote speaker, who has spoken on stages across the nation, including Google, Wix, and the University of Texas, UT, for some of you who know that, (laughs) the shortcut. And she has a a special journey where she had to go through herself in order to switch from her nine-to-five mindset And job to what really lit her up in business and in her passion. And so I love her journey, and I know that it's going to serve so many people to understand that we have a very complex human experience and journey. And so success comes eventually, but we want everyone to be able to honor their journey. And the way we can honor, our own journey is to hear the challenges and maneuvering of other people who mirror some of the things that we experience. And Jen is that person. So I'm glad to call her my friend and colleague. Jen, can you share with the audience, first of all, welcome. (laughs) Also the most important question, of course, that I have to ask you, are you a coffee or a tea person, Jen? (laughs)
0: Well, thank you. I actually don't drink coffee at all. I drink tea once in a while. I do have my coffee mug here representing Jackson Heights, Queens, where I once lived for several years. And I've got water in my coffee mug today. So I'm a water girl. (laughs) Okay. Cheers to that. We need our
1: water. (laughs) That is the substance of life. All right. So, Jen, get us started. What is your mission on this part of your journey?
0: Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, as the founder and the leader of the Non-9 to 5, my mission with my work is to be able to teach, train, and coach women, sometimes men, because I do work with men as well, but mostly women how they can actually make the shift out of their nine to five job, pursue what I call their non nine to five purpose and be able to stand on their own two feet without the nine to five job. And the folks that I work with, I like to say that they fall under categories, which I'll share here are creatives, healers, educators, leaders, and activists. So if any of those words resonate with you, there's a reason why they're resonating with you, or if one of them is resonating with you, because I believe as someone who is meant to pursue her non-9-to-5 purpose, you are either a creative, a healer, an educator, a leader, or an activist. And you have a mission yourself where you are meant to serve and support others, make a difference in the lives of others, impact others with your own unique strengths, skills, talents, et cetera. And you are someone who knows deep down, even if you aren't really ready to admit it or you're kind of like, am I, am I not? You are meant to pursue your non nine to five purpose that you are not meant for a nine to five job. And it's really just, a. it's a, I shouldn't say just, it's a calling, it's a knowing that you have in your heart that you're not
1: meant for a nine to five job. Mm, I love that, the non nine to five purpose. Mm -hmm. And I am one of the woo-woo people in the world, (laughs) even though I'm also a science gal that everyone is designed in a unique way and has a unique purpose or purposes as they are navigating this collective experience And especially for women, we are highly intuitive, Mm -hmm. which means we're always getting those nudges like that. Something is off, whether Mm -hmm. personally or professionally. So I love that you're an intuitive educator and you're helping people to tap into, yeah, tap into and listen to their own intuition when we are stressed, when we are overwhelmed, when we are burnt out, especially in positions we don't have a lot of autonomy or control over, that intuitional nudge gets drowned out and we can't listen to it or go after it or try to experiment with that calling. And so I think it's very important for people to understand that It's harder to listen to your intuition when you're in a state of survival or stress or burnout. Mm -hmm. So what led you to start on this path to create this non-9 to 5 entity or mission? Mm -hmm. Uh, What happened in your own experiences that led you to this mission?
0: Yeah, well, it's really interesting how you're sharing about how it can feel hard to follow intuitive nudges and guidance when we are in a state of anxiety, you know, strife, dealing with challenging circumstances, and you know, whatever's going on in the mind. And I'll take us back to 2010. In 2010, I was a teacher at a high performing charter school in the South Bronx of New York City, and I'm originally from New York. And I was waking up in the morning at about 5 a.m. I was leaving my apartment in New York, walking to the subway, getting on the subway, getting off the subway, getting on another subway, and then walking to the school. And it started to really take a toll on me, the traveling that I was doing, and I was never seeing the sun. So once I got to the school building, it was still dark outside, and then I was in the school usually until about six o'clock at night. And then I wouldn't get home until seven o'clock at night. And that started to take a toll on me. And I also started to feel really heavy feelings of not good enough. And that for me, in whatever was going on in my brain or however I'm wired, and you could definitely speak to this, is that it started to really snowball it went from i'm not good enough to i'm a loser to they're going to fire me to i'm a bad teacher so all of that was happening and i was doing this commute every single well five days a week and i was also at the same time noticing how the way certain things were run were not ideally how i wanted to see them be run i remember taking meetings And I remember going to the meetings, not really understanding why we were taking meetings. And then there was nothing that actually happened in the meeting. Now, this was how it occurred for me. It might've occurred differently for other people, but I felt, I felt really strongly about that feeling that we really weren't getting anything done. And it was very much like what I refer to, I'm sure you've heard this term, like a yes man of thing. Oh, yes, yes, we'll do this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There was really nothing getting done. So all of this is happening. And And I started to get this little intuitive feeling and it started with, well, I'm, I'm struggling right now. And I was absolutely falling into a depression and I was falling into a very anxiety ridden state, but I started getting this small little kind of voice saying to me, well, what if you went out on your own and you taught? And I remember having that little voice and going, what? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know how to do that. How do you do that? I'm a teacher at a school. I can't go out and teach on my own. That doesn't even exist. But everything got worse and worse and worse to the point where I started experiencing insomnia in a level I'd never have where I literally would get in bed, close my eyes, and just stay awake and lay in bed. And this was happening for for days and days and days. So I wasn't sleeping at all. My body was just, I think, going off of pure adrenaline. And at the end of that year, I walked in on a Monday morning and I gave two weeks notice. And I left the school. I think it's really important for me to share, though, when I left that school, because sometimes people go, oh, that was really brave of you. That was so courageous. Like, you must have felt amazing. I didn't feel anything like that. I felt like a big loser at that time in my life. I I think I was in 2010, I was 31 or 32 years old. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm a 30 year old woman living in New York City and I'm quitting this prestigious type of teaching job where I teach for a very high performing charter school and I'm working with more or less at risk youth. Like I should be so happy and I'm living in Manhattan, yet I just quit my job what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? People are going to think I'm a loser. How am I going to tell the family members in my life that I just quit my job? But what ended up happening was, you know, I like to say nothing short of a miracle, but I really believe in divine timing and that when one door closes, another one opens and that if we are getting an intuitive feeling, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, there's a reason why we're getting it We're we're meant to answer it. And I left that school and within a matter of a couple of weeks, I landed some independent contracting work where I started to teach kids one-on-one, which I was like, I can't do that. It doesn't exist. And then this agency, they had given me one student to work with. They gave me a second student. They gave me a third student. And then my dad said to me one day, very casually, why don't you start your own tutoring business? And I was like, I don't know. Why don't I? And so I actually more or less did just that. And so within three months of leaving my full-time teaching job, I started my first business, which was called Teacher on the Go. And I worked with kids one-on-one. And after doing that for several years, I got another intuitive nudge that said, this is awesome that you've been able to do this. You now need to go out and teach others how they too can make the shift from their nine to five job, follow their non nine to five purpose, what their calling is, and pursue that as a self-employed person, as a business owner.
1: I love that Uh, so, so much to unpack Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your challenges, right? It's, it's challenging sometimes to share our mental growth, right? In addition with our professional growth, you know, especially for women, we're already deemed in society for expressing ourselves our emotions, right? Our emotional status. And we're judged a bit more harshly than our male counterparts when we do so. So I just want to honor you for uh, sharing that. I know so many people will be able to resonate with that and are tuned in right now. So when you talk about going into this depression, right? I mean, as you were speaking, I was seeing so many elements leading up to that state we, you know we're not born with depression <laughs> right we may be born with some genes that we inherited right and sometimes our environment our guidance our interventions in life allow us to bypass those the expressions of those genes but everybody is born not depressed <laughs> okay so there are you know preconditions like you not having light stimulus, right, day in and day out, you know, when you leave the house and return. And so that is leading to this domino effect, right, of your body not knowing where there is coming or going, this circadian rhythm is off, right, your melatonin is off, those those cues that would allow you to get that deep restorative sleep (laughs) so that you can ward off stress and depression and all of those things, they kept building up and building up. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a cumulative effect when we get to that level of depression or anxiety. And so the sooner that we can recognize those symptomologies or help other people to recognize those symptomologies, there's things that you could start to do it to prevent or intervene. I was watching the build up. like, yep, I can see that. I can see that. For me, I ended up crashing into a pole in an empty parking lot because my brain just burnt out. And so, but also there's those professional experiences you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? We know that if you don't feel heard, if you mm-hmm. don't think things are fair, if mm-hmm. you feel like you don't have autonomy or certainty mm-hmm. or control over how these kids are being educated in their environments and you kind of like spinning your wheels, we know that, you know, your brain can go through that negative spiral because your amygdala, you know that threat brain, it's going to be mm-hmm. activated because the amygdala wants you to feel like you have some kind of control, some kind of autonomy over your own experiences with your own kids because you you feel that this is an important part of your purpose, your life and where you were in time and space. You wanted to use your skill sets to uh, allow things to thrive in this environment. And you kept getting pushed, pushed away, pushed away. And within that frustration, stress, overwhelm on top of everything else. So the buildup is very important. The journey is very important to understand. And so I just want to throw out a few facts out there. You know, once you start to become an entrepreneur, <laughs> we know also that entrepreneurs are twice as likely to become depressed if they didn't have it already. They're six times as likely to get ADHD, attention deficit disorder, three times as likely to become addicted to substances or behaviors and 11 times more likely to get bipolar depression. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm stating this because it's important to recognize where you are in time and space like right now (laughs) before, you know, people consider even leaving their nine to five to the entrepreneurial world, check your mental state now because it will only get worse or it will develop if you don't have the coping mechanisms or if it's already kind of building up. So I think that's important to note as well. I want to ask you, did you find it difficult to move from the nine to five mindset to the entrepreneurial mindset or the business mindset?
0: Yeah, what a great question. There were certain things that did not feel difficult and there were certain things that did feel very difficult. When I go back to my first business, Teacher on the Go, and I did that for just a couple of years, what felt really easy to me (laughs) <laughs> was that, and maybe this is not just necessarily like a non nine to five mindset, but what felt easy to me was I could begin to create my own schedule. And it also felt difficult because it felt easy and typical at the same time because, you know, working in a school, everything's very timed. You know, you know what time you've got to be in the classroom. You know what time you've got to get your kids. You know what time you're, Teaching reading. What time you're teaching math? What time the kids have to go to their science class? What time lunch is? Everything is super structured, and then all of a sudden you're left to your own devices. On one hand, it felt really good to have that freedom. On the other hand, it was like, what do I do with this time? How do I prioritize this time? How do I know what a priority is for myself? You know, and then you take into consideration, well, I have this business. How do I market it? How much time do I spend on that? And actually, interestingly enough, we're talking about this. I am twice a year, I lead the members of the 995 community in a community wide training. So we have our summer CWT community wide training coming up in a couple of months. And it is all about time and it is all about having your schedule, your calendar work for you rather than feeling like it's a taskmaster. Because when you are on a new journey of starting to build a business, it really can be, well, how do I manage all the moving pieces in my life? Because I no longer have this like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I know everything that happens in between. I might still have 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but what's supposed to happen and where does it go and how much time do I spend and what does it look like? And so I teach that. I teach to that with the members that I work with, the clients I work with and how it can actually feel easy and calming and how awesome it really is to be able to create your own schedule.
1: Yes, I can relate. I'm sure so many people can relate listening to that. And that's where the overwhelm can come in as an entrepreneur. I mean, you're already scared. <laughs> you're already, There's already fears there and you're, you know, the voice in your head is gonna mess with you. But the truth of the matter is It's very important to transfer, move from the nine to five mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset. And people don't really look at it that way, that they're two different mindsets. Your brain, your neural pathways are set for a particular role, first of all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not the HR person, not IT, not the janitor, (laughs) right? Not creating the curriculum, even though maybe you had a hand in some of that sometimes. And so your body is conditioned. Your nervous system is conditioned. Your brain has a lot of certainty. This is what happens nine to five. This is routine. You know, the brain loves routine. You know, it doesn't have to use a lot of mental energy to operate outside of that routine. And so when we move into our own businesses, our own entrepreneurship activities, we end up becoming all things in our business, especially in the beginning, right? We are now HR. We are now the marketer, the sales team, customer service, IT, web developer, right? But we don't think of all those new roles. And the brain is like, what? This is not my skill set. These are not my strengths. So now we're operating outside of our strengths, unless... We start learning that, hey, I could do this. Hey, this is fun. Then maybe it was a strength that just never was tapped into. And that's fun too, right? But overall, most of this stuff is not in our skill set, not in our strength zone. So we don't have the neural pathways to allow us to, you know, excel. So we have this constant learning curve. And we know learning, especially as adults, <laughs> older adults, right? I'm talking about
0: late 30s, time. 40s. What'd you say? I said it takes time,
1: right? It takes time. And our brains are not set up like they were in our, you know, teens and our young adult years. We have half of the connections because our brains are more refined the older we get to our specific purpose and skill sets and strengths and experiences and wisdom that's been refined and curated, you know, over the years. So that's the space our brain wants to learn in. Okay, so but if we're trying to, you know, create all these new neural pathways for all these different roles, then we get overwhelmed, we get stressed and that. So that's great that you have this training that you give to your clients to help them to start to navigate the entrepreneurial world when it comes to prioritizing and shifting their focus and all of that, that good stuff. So how did you come to calling it the non nine to five entity?
0: Yeah. I appreciate that question. I don't think I've shared this in a while. Not that it's like some amazing story. It's more funny to me. When I decided to do this work, I wasn't 100% clear what it was meant to look like. Like I knew that I wanted to teach others to do what I had done, but in the beginning, it wasn't super duper clear, which when you're starting a business for many people, it's not going to be, and we're not meant to get it perfectly. I've watched my business evolve over the years and in terms of where the focus is meant to be. So at first it was, I want to teach people how to find their purpose, right? Which is part of what I do because some folks will come to me and say, you know, I just know that I'm not built. I'm not coded. I'm not meant for This type of job, I can really see myself going out on my own and and creating, and that's where my strengths lie, but I don't really know what it's meant to be. And so we create clarity on what your non-9 to 5 purpose is. So when I first started this work, I think it was the first about two years, maybe a little bit less than the first two years. My business was just called Jen Schultz Coaching. It's just my first name, my last name, and coaching after it. Mm -hmm. And then one day when I was living in my apartment in Queens, I was sitting in my kitchen where I was always working from. And I started to think just kind of like pondering and musing on the work that I was doing. And I thought, wow, you know, I've really been out of my nine to five job for quite some time. You know, teaching is not technically nine to five, but to me, any job that's not your own business is a nine to five job, whatever it is. If you're working for someone and they've got all the structures in place, to me, that's a nine to five job. And I started to think like, wow, I've been out of nine to five for several years now. How cool is that? I never knew that I would be able to do something like this. And I'm a real words person. I love looking up definitions of words. I like knowing the etymology of words. I've always been, as a kid, I love vocabulary. So always been my thing. And I thought, well, what's the opposite of nine to five? And then I was like, non nine to five. The opposite to me, would be non nine to five. And then I thought, well, the non nine to five, the non nine to five, that makes so much sense that that I'm teaching people, I'm coaching people, I'm supporting people, I'm guiding them, I'm educating them to be able to build their non-9 to 5 purpose. And then that was it. And I was like, this is the business. This is what it's called. This is what we're doing.
1: Oh, I love that. I'm such an etymology and word definition geek as well. <laughs> Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs> work geeks around the world, if you're listening. I love the whole, the concept of the non-9 to 5 creation, you know, a mentality. I also feel like organizations, companies can take on that principle as well. Because like you said earlier, we're all built differently, (laughs) right? We're all coded differently. And some of us are just not coded to have such restrictions on our time and energy. I remember when I worked for the government, when I was finished with my work, I wanted to leave. (laughs) And I could because I was under a contract, but there were some people who worked directly for the government and they had to be there till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I can never understand, like, I could be doing something else with my time. My, if I finish my work in six hours instead of eight, I feel like I should be, be free mm-hmm. to be, especially with, you know, kids and uh, I was a grad student still. It's like, you know, I, I think we need a modern update on this human experience Mm and how we allow people to operate their day, you know, give them certain autonomy for especially those who feel like they need it. I think most people won't take advantage of it. I think also what COVID allowed us to understand is that this is a workable solution for people to have more control of where they work and how long they work, as long as they get their stuff done, right, and have accountability, of course. So I think that that mindset that you have around the non-9 5 can be applied across the board, and there will be a lot more happier people even in the workplace. Now you do have the people who do need that structure; they crave the structure, they want the structure, they want to know what time something starts and ends, exactly what needs to be done. They want to be told what to do. So we got to honor those people too, because we're the whole spectrum of this human experience and uniqueness. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you putting that out in the world. And organizations, if you're listening, (laughs) I hope you can really listen to what we're saying about what your employees need too, and treating them like, you know, not just, you know, cogs in a wheel, but human beings with lives and with Emotions and with preferences. And when we have that buy in, right, from our employees or when our clients have that buy in, that mentality, they can thrive. What would be some of your wisdom <laughs> if someone is thinking about switching from their nine to five to entrepreneurship and a string of pearl of wisdom for people who are in it but are struggling?
0: Okay. And the second question was in a non-9-to-5 in, business? In a non-9-to-5
1: situation right now, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to quit.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: they're overwhelmed.
0: Okay, make sure I get them. Let me answer question number one first. So okay. you said, what can folks do if they're in a nine-to-5 job, but they're thinking of starting their own business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the first thing to ask yourself is, there's a couple of questions here. So one that comes to my mind is, mm-hmm. you know, How badly do I sense that I want this? Do I feel called to be in business for myself? Is it something that just keeps coming up and up and up and up for me, no matter what I do? And maybe it's been there for a couple of years because that's that intuitive nudge that keeps coming up. And I like to say that when we're called to do something, we're meant to answer that call. Because we wouldn't receive a call if we weren't meant to do it. So I've never received a call to be an accountant. I've never received a call to be a doctor. I've never received a call to be, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other profession, a drummer in a band. But I felt called to do what I've done and to do what I do now. So one thing is to really listen to that call and then ask yourself, like, does this feel like something I really want? You just get honest with yourself because there's no right or wrong answer. It's just really whatever, you know, whatever you're feeling inside of yourself. Then some other things I like to share is that if you're feeling a call to start your own business, but you're not really sure. I look at now, I'm sure there's some people that would be like, I don't look at it like that, but I look at people starting businesses. And whatever they're doing, they have something to share with others. They have something to teach in some way, shape, or form. And I think there's power in looking at your own life and asking yourself, well, what hardships have I overcome? Have I gone through times of adversity that I've gotten to the other side, or maybe I'm in the process of getting to that other side now that I could help other people with too? Because whatever type of adversity we've faced or challenges where we've gotten to the other side or we're in the process of getting to the other side, we are experts in those areas. You don't need a degree to tell you that you're an expert in, I mean, for myself, right? So I don't have an MBA. I don't have a formal business degree, but I've lived it. I've experienced quitting a job and starting my own business, I have that on the ground experience and I'm passionate about it too. So I'm an expert in that area. And I claim that very confidently. It's taking me time to claim that confidently, but I claim it confidently now at this stage. And then another thing I like to share is that if you're not sure, make a list of anything you feel passionate about. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're like, oh, I feel passionate about flowers. I feel passionate about dogs. Make a list of things. Don't censor yourself or judge yourself. Then read through that list and see what is standing out to you. What are some themes there? You could be someone, and I'll make this up on the spot here, who has a real love for being outside and you have a real love for animals and you walk your neighbor's dog sometimes. And you might go, I love being outside. I don't care if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's hot outside, I just like to be outside. And I love dogs and I'm so great with them. That could mean that you're meant to start a dog walking business. And you follow those intuitive nudges and you just kind of see, let's see, maybe this is possible. Mm. That's an answer of your first question. And then the second question was, can you repeat that again for me?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say I love those pearls of wisdom because often we are censored, right? When we are in our nine to five position, we're not able to really explore everything that makes makes us who we are, right? We're not asked about what other things we'd love to do, you know, outside of work. And because we're always making up for lost time when we get home, (laughs) we're still, life is, it's hard to explore those things as well. So we forget who we are, right. Or, you know, those passions, those interests never really get honed in on. And even if you are in a nine to five, whoever is listening, you should do this anyways, right. And find what lights you up, sparks you up, within work and outside of work, I think it's a great exercise just to do more of what lights you up, right, in this day and age. And so you also said something around, you know, in the beginning, you didn't call yourself an expert. You you weren't that confident. And that is a part of switching from that nine to five to the entrepreneurial mindset is that you will go through the journey of questioning yourself, feeling like an imposter, not feeling confident because you're getting your entrepreneurial sea legs, right? your body's not conditioned to be an entrepreneur and you haven't gotten the results yet. So in a sense, you are an imposter because <laughs> you haven't been in that on that part of the journey yet, right? You haven't stepped into your full authentic self yet. So expect to feel weird, expect to have the doubts, expect not to feel like an expert right away. But you are becoming, and so you you start to condition yourself and get the results. So I, I love all of that. The second question was if someone is currently in leather nine to five, or maybe they got a side gig right happening, and they're just feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you're giving up. What would you? What would be some of your advice on that?
0: Yeah, you mean giving up like the start of their yeah month, the start, which listening. is the hardest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And then creating it to be sustainable is hard too. And I should also just offer up here, I'm a human being, right? And I still have self-doubt and imposter syndrome, even at this stage in the game. And sometimes it's really loud for me. The difference now is that I also have tools in my toolbox to work with that. I'm not willing to let it really take me out or derail me. And for someone who's just starting out, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, first, I just want to validate it. It makes sense. And I think it's also hard that with social media and where social media is right now, social media wasn't always around. I'll share that with the younger generation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't always around. And now that it's around, you have things in your face where it seems like so many people are overnight successes it doesn't exist it's not a thing maybe there is for one or two people but that's not it's not the norm and i think it's hard when you see a lot of that or when you sense a lot of that you know you're seeing very you're seeing like as people call it you know the highlight reels and all of that it's really important to try your best because i know it's not easy to not compare yourself to others you are on your own journey It's meant to happen in whatever time it's meant to happen for you. And, you know, I would just say from there, stay with it. You started this for a reason. If you feel connected in your heart, stay with it. Don't give it up.
1: I I love that. And that is why I always ask people when they come on this show, and I've done it for a long time, I want to understand the journey. Because I see the success. I see the outcome. I see how you're changing the world. But how did you get to that place? What were some of the challenges you had to navigate and your aha moments and your insights? I love that, right? Stories light me up. Mm -hmm. And so it's important when people are doubting themselves when they're already in it to understand that other people that look successful also had a journey. And so when you find yourself, you know, doubting or feeling like giving up, like Jen said, definitely start to look at that person's journey. They caught your eye for a reason, right? You're doing comparison for a reason. Lean into that. Go into that and see what what you can find, right? And so you might see that, hey, they put out a video and it went viral overnight and that may at first glance, look like a success, for me, I would also wanna look at how are they dealing with that success? Because if you haven't had the journey, the challenges to help you navigate and build resilience, right, to manage all the highs and the lows, and you become an overnight success, there's a lot of people who end up failing because they didn't have the neural pathways that allow them to build the resilience and the management of having attention and money all at once. That's why when people win the lottery, (laughs) they tend to, you know, go into mental depression or they lose it all because they haven't built up the success neural pathways to get that, to get that money you know, just kind of hand it to them. So they didn't have the money management skills, right? They didn't know how not to get taken advantage of, right? So they didn't have the right networks around them. So the journey is powerful. We need the journey, people, for true sustainable success. I believe that's what is in Jen's heart. And that's what she's been conveying this whole interview. And I just want to appreciate what you do and share, continuing to share your journey and helping people to navigate their own journey as they pursue their own intuitive nudges and passions.
0: Thank you so much. I so appreciate it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And how can people find you, Jen?
0: Yeah, so I'm over at non 9 to 5com all spelled out in letters. I am also on LinkedIn, Jen Schultz, And we're over on YouTube, the non-9 to 5. And on the website, if you put your first name in and your email, you'll get an email from me once a week. And sometimes there's videos in there too, to really support you on your non-9 to 5 journey. And if you're thinking of starting a business, if you feel called to start a business, I share a lot of supportive words of wisdom there with you. So that's where you can find me.
1: Wonderful. We'll make sure that all of your information are in the show notes. Please make sure you all share with us what excited you the most, what lit up your neurons the most about this interview. And please leave a five-star review for this interview as well. And we look forward to reading what you all write and we look forward to continuing our missions to light up the world. Remember, when you better your mind and better your brain, you can better your impact in the world and listen to your intuition to do so. Take care, everyone. Did you like this episode? Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and share with a friend. And if you consider yourself a modern thinker and if you want free mindset success tools and more tips and strategies on how to use neuroscience in your everyday life and how to stay motivated and inspired to live your best self. Come visit me at ChantayTaylor.com. Enter your name and email address and sign up for my newsletter. Remember, when you better your mind, you better your brain, you better your impact.